Amen. If you've got your Bible tonight, we're going to look for just a few minutes at a message that I've titled, Trusting God with Your Future. And, and can, can we trust God? And some of us has already answered that question tonight. We can. We can. And we're going to see that uh, there's, there's two sides of this coin. This trusting God with our future is based on faith. Do you trust God that you can just rely on Him? And we struggle one of two ways. We either struggle with fear and, and, and afraid that God can't do anything. And sometimes we, uh, when we, we also can think that we've got so much control over our life that we make our own decisions. And that's the way James is kind of talking to here. He is looking at that topic in verse 13. James chapter 4, verse 13 through 17. And the Word of God says, Go to now ye that say today or tomorrow... We will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now ye rejoice in your boastings. All such rejoicing is evil, therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Trusting God with your future. Let's pray. Lord, we know that God, that we can put our confidence in you. And Lord... The enemy, Lord, wants us to take our confidence away. And, and Lord, it wants us to struggle with what we can believe that you can do. And, oh, God, I pray that by your mighty power that you would encourage us tonight to know that every detail of our life, Lord, you want us to put it in your hands because you're more than able, you're more than capable. And, God, I pray that you would, Lord, reveal that tonight and that you would be lifted up and exalted. And that, God, we would leave in here, Lord, completely in your hands. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 James is writing this letter in the book of James. He's writing it. If you look at the very beginning of it, he's talking to the dispersion. What he's talking about, there's been such an attack, which you can see. from When, you, when it happened to him, there, there was such an attack at Jerusalem on the church that they finally had to run for their lives. If they were going to live, they had to run for their lives. And we see that James is writing this to that group. And they've now, and the way the Lord used it is he uh, used the, the Christian, uh, the ones that had gotten saved now, they, they've, they've went from every direction and every corner and they've taken the gospel with them. But there is a group of these people that he's, in, he's, he's a little concerned with and he's writing this letter to some people who have a little too much confidence in themselves. Sometimes we, we look at when we have faith in God, do we trust Him to take care of our lives? And if we don't, the temptation is, is to take away the authority that God has and say, God, I need to take care of my own decisions, my own plans, my own life, and make my own decisions because I don't trust you. That's basically what we're saying. Have you ever done that? I've told you some examples of that. There's been many times in my life that I've made decisions that basically said, God, I don't believe you can make the best decision for me. And so we're going to look at, and so it's dangerous to do that. It's dangerous to do that. Tonight we're going to look at, in this reading of these verses that we read, there is three sins that James 
has uh, uh, exposed here that is all tied to the sin of pride. We know God can't. In fact, one verse says that it is an abomination. It, it's something that God hates. God hates pride. The very reason Satan was cast out of heaven is pride. The reason many people don't get saved today is one thing. It's pride. They don't want to let go of their life. They don't want to surrender to anybody else. And they want to do their own thing. And so there is people that were, and, and, and if we don't watch, now listen, we, 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 we read these things, and if we don't watch, we say, well, boy, well, look out for them people. Boy, it's horrible. But if we look, we might find out that some of these things that we're doing. The first thing here is it talks about the sin of presumption, presuming anything that's going to be tomorrow. It says in verse 13, go to now. And it's basically trying to get him to say, hey, you all that believe this, you all that say today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy, sell, and get gain. What he's talking about here is this is someone, this is really, if you get looking at it, it's probably a businessman. And he's got his long, and, it, and listen, in business you need a long-range plan. You need a, you need a mission statement. You need to know where you're heading. But let me tell you something. How many in their life, how many in their life, has already determined that you can't, you can't determine what tomorrow's going to bring or the next day things can change overnight. Has life changed overnight in your life? If you ever, let me tell you how easy it is. You get one report from the doctor that you don't want and all of a sudden things start to change. You find out something's going on in one of your kids' life, all of a sudden your life is going to change. And there's not a thing that you can do about it. You find out how helpless you are when things happen in our lives when someone falls off a roof, I think I've seen yeah. that's why when somebody, one decision yeah. and things change and you find out how little control you have over life. And, and you, this person here is arrogant. It's a, it's a form of pride. They're presuming that, any, that they've got control over their own tomorrow. They, they're sitting there saying that I, this is my plan and I'm going to tomorrow or today or tomorrow I'm going to take and I'm going to go to this far city. We're going to go to... We're going to go to New York City and we're going to start doing business there and I'm going to stay there for a year and I'm going to be successful and after the year I'm going to come home with a lot of money. That's what they're saying here. They're saying they, I've got it all figured out and I know what I'm going to do. And they got a plan. But let me tell you something. Our plans needs to be God's plans because your plans have no guarantee of tomorrow. There's only one definite thing I was thinking as I was working on. There's only one definite thing about tomorrow. God will be there. God will be there. There's no guarantee. I mean, we'll be there. We'll be somewhere. But there's no guarantee that the eternity is not over tonight or that our lives are not, we're always in his hands. Tim, Corey Timboon uh, made from The Hiding Place. Uh, she had a comment on this about trusting God I thought was good. She said, never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. Right. You can take something, and, and, and I think it was uh, uh, the uh, Elizabeth Elliot's husband, Jim Elliot, that was killed uh, as a martyr on the mission field to the, I think, Inca Indians, and, and he, he went trying to reach them for Christ, and they ended up killing him and two of his friends that was with him. But he before he died, he made this statement. He said, uh, if I remember correctly, a, a person uh, never, uh, well, I, I can't remember the exact first part. You, you never lose by giving up something you can't keep for something you can't lose. If you trade this life that is going to pass away, 
these things that are temporary here for something that never passes away, you never lose. You always win. And so we need to realize we can try presuming to make plans without God. That first verse, go to now ye that say today or tomorrow and we will go into such a city and continue there a year. We make big mistakes when we make our own plans. Let me give you an example of someone who wished he could redo this and he made a big mistake and it cost him for many years. In fact, the rest of his life was David and Bathsheba. In 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 1 and 2, it says, And it came to pass after a year was expired that, uh, we'll try this one. After a year was expired, when kings go forth to battle, that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel, and they destroyed the children of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. But David tarried still at Jerusalem. When all the kings, normally he would be going to battle, but he stayed there. He made his own decision, and it came to pass in the eventide that when David arose from off his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house, and from the roof he saw a woman washing herself, and the woman was very beautiful to look upon. We see here that this uh, decision that David made in his own self, when David trusted God, God come through and did the miraculous. But here David thought, I'll just trust my own decision here. I've already done enough, and I've won enough battles. I think I'll just stay home this time. And it cost him for years to come. It cost him. Yeah, how many of you all can say you were like me, that when you were, when you were teenagers, that you didn't want your parents to make your decisions for you? You didn't like it that well. You don't understand it, and it didn't seem too fair. You want to do your thing and you want your friends and you want to go to your places and you want to stay out as late as you want to and you want all these things. But that in my house, that wasn't the way it was. It was, they was oh, I wanted things, but that ain't what happened. In fact, I just kind of kept most of them to myself because I knew it wasn't going to happen. I knew where the boundaries were. But we're not able to make good decisions. But if we could, if, our, if your parents that let their kids make any decision they want, whether they're 15, let them do whatever they want to do. No, they can't make a decision at that time. And in our own life, the question is, do we trust God to help us make right decisions? And sometimes we live our life that says, God, I don't trust you. And we can put that title slide back up. But it says, we, because we can trust God with our life. Amen? And, and I, I know that we need God to help us. God can take care of you, and He will take care of you. He tells us about it in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. says, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink nor yet for your body what you shall put on is not the life more than meat and the body more than raiment. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, neither gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are they not much better? Are you not much better than they? I'm going to stop on that verse. He's, what he's saying here is if I care enough about a little bird that's insignificant to you, how in the world, if I would send my son to die for you, why would you think that I don't care about your life and you can't trust me make, helping you making the right decisions right. in your life? So we can trust him to take care of us. So don't make presume that you can't trust God. Sometimes we presume to be successful without God. We make our plans. We know what we're good at. We know what, our, uh, uh, what we're leaning toward. We know what we've been successful in the past, and therefore we know what to do in the future. But let me tell you something. The most important thing you can do with your today and tomorrow is say, God, what do you want me to do? God, where do you want me to be? How many times would we, the little decisions you've made, if you think in your life, 
You make one little decision in your life and it takes you somewhere and your whole life turns because of that one decision. It determines maybe even where you live or who you marry and who your kids are and what church you go to. Little decisions have big uh, importance in our lives and so we need to trust God. In the little Verse 13, the second half of it says, and he says, and buy and sell and get gain. He said, I know what to do all by myself. I don't need God. I don't need anything else. Something sometimes that we rely on too much is our own talent, our own abilities, our own... We know that we've been successful before and we need to realize the only reason that we've ever had anything good, the only reason that we've ever been successful, the only reason that we have anything that we have, the, even the fact that we even have health is because we have a God who loves us and is, is pouring out His blessings upon us and He wants us to trust Him. But listen, you'll find out one thing that's going to be a sermon in itself. Sometimes the blessing becomes a barrier. Sometimes the blessing that God pours out in your life can become a barrier to God because we love the blessing. We want the, more of the blessing that God gives us and we forget who gave it to us, who's the blesser. And so we need to realize that God is the one who gives us everything. Proverbs 3, 6 through 10 says, In all thy ways acknowledge Him. Talk to Him. Ask Him. And He shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with thy firstfruits, with all thine increase, so thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. You know what that's saying? Trust God, put Him first, and He takes care of everything else. Does that mean God won't bless you and give you things? No, it's saying here that if you trust God and you put your confidence in Him and you say, God, whatever you tell me to do, I'll lay it down. God, you tell me not to do that, I won't do it. You tell me to go over here, I'm going to do it. Whatever you tell me, God says, you do what I tell you to do, I'm going to bless you to where you can't even contain it. I, I, I take care of the people who love me and trust me. I, I had a friend, and this was, if, I could, if I could just show you the life change in this friend, a friend that was a a minister of the gospel. And this friend was someone that I used to have such confidence in. And this person was so close to God that they'd come over to eat at her house. And I, I was just worried. I was thinking, man, I'm just, man, they're just so much above me. I don't even, and, and, and all of a sudden, but there was something God in this person's in his life. And he got a desire to go his own way and to make his own decisions. And, and to, he wanted to be successful in business. He had a ministry. But he wanted to make his own way. He didn't, God wouldn't let him go the direction he wanted, so he just kind of just did it on his own. The end result of his life, shipwreck. His marriage, his ministry, business, everything he touched, it looked like it was going to profit. It looked like it was going to take off, and then someone would rip him off, or something would fall, the bottom would fall out of something. Every time he could not make it. To even today, he still struggles. Why? Because he doesn't trust God. I, I, I'm not trying to talk about anybody else, but I want you to know, sometimes we can look at lives and say, God, please don't let me do that. Please don't let me make that mistake to think that I, can, I need to take control of my life and not trust you because it's, it's a very important thing because if we control anything, we, we, don't, we don't control anything. Amen. We, we don't need to presume to control anything in our tomorrow. Verse 14 says, Whereas... Ye, and this is James saying to us, kind of facetious back to you. He's kind of saying, well, what are you doing? When he says, whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. You don't even know about tomorrow. You don't know what's going to happen when you get up in the morning. 
But what is your life? Hey, listen, your life, you're trying to make all these plans. And what is your, how do, guarantee me, prove me that you're going to be here next week. Promise, tell me you, how you know that you're going to do anything. What is your life? It is a vapor that appeareth for a time and then vanishes away. It's like when you light that candle and you strike that match and that little plume of smoke goes up. That's your life. And when you look at it and, and the, the, uh, uh, looking at it through the lens of eternity, your life is just a puff. And it's gone. And he's saying, what are you doing? Why are you trusting in yourself? Trust in God. God is the only reason that these good things come your way. And, and, and we need to thank Him and quickly keep our confidence in Him. Proverbs 27.1 tells us, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day thou may bring forth. One day may bring forth. Amen. Number two, the sin of not just presumption, presuming anything, but we see a sin of boasting here. It, we sometimes, uh, sometimes I have to, I've had to worry. You get stuff or you can do things and, and you're excited about something you've done and you want to tell somebody about it. And there's, it's, it's nice to be proud. It's nice, but we have to keep it in perspective. Verse 16 tells us where it's a sin. But now ye rejoiced in your boastings. All such rejoicing is evil. What's it talking about? It's saying that you're not only making your plans, but you're telling everybody else, look what I've done. Look what I'm going to do. Look at who I am. Look at me. It's all me. And so that's a, that's a form, again, of pride. We're boasting that we're taking credit for it. Nothing we have is ours. Nothing is ours. But it's a, a, a sign of pride. It's a sign of arrogance. And, and it's like saying, look what I've done, what I have. Look at what I'm going to do. But we need to be looking at the Lord and see how faithful He's been to us. Instead of boasting in ourselves, boast in the Lord. Tonight, there's been some boasting happening in the Lord. There's nothing that we talked about here tonight was anything that we did. But we come before Him and we say, Lord, there's nothing I did. I had a problem and I take it to You. And hallelujah, You've come through. And it's all You. And we put our con Thank You, Lord, that we can trust in You. That's the boasting that we need to do. He get, the Lord Himself gives such a strong warning on this. To think that you have any control of your present or future. He tells a parable in Luke chapter 12, 16 through 21. And it says, and He spake a parable to them saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. Boy, he was doing great. And he thought within himself saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, this will I do. By the way, these are the eyes and my's chapters. What I was thinking about when I was read the eyes and my's. There's 11 of them. He says, I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for years. Take thine ease, drink, be merry. What did God respond to this man? He says, and God said unto him, thou fool, this not thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? And so he's giving a stern warning to say, listen, when the, all the good things that you have, it's from me. And, and when God gives us abundance, yes, God is blessed. And it doesn't mean that it's a sin to have things. No, it's not. But this man had more than he could even, his, his barns were busting. Instead of him looking around to say, is there anybody that needs anything? He didn't have any compassion. 
He didn't have any uh, desire. He didn't think, number one, he didn't thank God. Look at, he didn't say, look at what I, he said, what have I done? Look at all the things that I've done for myself. Instead of saying, look at all the blessings that God has given me. And saying to God, God, what do you want me to do with this? How can I be a blessing? What do you want me to do with my life? And so God sometimes will put things in your hands so that you can help others. But we cannot be arrogant. I'm not saying, listen, God God is good to His people and God blesses His people. Number one thing is don't be arrogant and think you did it yourself. You need to recognize who's the one who's been faithful to you and not let yourself boast of anything that you've done. Amen? Amen. And then finally, we see not only the sin of the the sin of presumption, the sin of boasting, but then we see something called the sin of omission. The sin of omission, verse 17 says, Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him is a sin. Now, wait a minute, James. What are you saying here? I mean, you mean, you're actually meaning if I do something wrong that God's told me not to do. That's sin. Yeah, that's sin. But that's not what he's saying. The sin of omission means that you know to do right, you don't do it. It's to have the knowledge that God wants us. Sometimes that might be God tells you, have you ever done that? God said, do this to your heart, kind of prodded your heart, and you didn't do it. And then later on you thought, man, you beat yourself up. He's like, God, I knew I should have listened to you. That, that God uses us and God gives us opportunities and God gives us wisdom to know to do right and not to do right is a sin. It's a, it's a sign of pride that you're trusting in your own self and that you know better than God. We need to make sure that we're not allowing ourselves to have a spirit that says, God, not only do I not trust you, but God, I, I don't want to do what you've told me to do. God wants us to obey you. James 125, we need to be a doer of the word. When we hear it, when God gives it to us, when so listen, when God puts something in your heart and it takes root, put it to action. Don't let it be stolen away. Because that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to come down and take that good seed from your heart when God's trying to do. Verse 22 tells us about that. And James also is the one that wrote this. He said, But be ye doers of the word. And not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding a natural face in the glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, this word of God, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. God gives us things and sometimes they're hard. And God puts stuff in our heart and God will convict us and God will tell us some things and tell us how to talk to someone and someone will do something wrong and maybe you want to react in a certain way and you know not to do that. That's not what God wants you to do. And yet when we do it, we sin. And sometimes God tells us to do something in, in, in our lives and we avoid doing it. It's kind of like those that walked across the path of the man in the parable of the uh, uh, the the uh, the sinner that was uh, uh, on the road to I don't know if it's to Samaria or where it was the man that was beat up and uh, the Samaritan and uh, he's he's bruised and he's beaten. Okay, where he's on the road beaten, and so the priest comes by. The 
priest not know to do good? But what does he do? He walks on the other side of the road. You know what he did? He said, I pretend I didn't see it. The next man came. He did the same thing. They had no love. They had no compassion. And then finally, finally, the third, he came. And he seen him. And he stopped. And he met his needs. And he told him, when he took him to the end, whatever, here's money to pay for what, you, what he needs. And when I come back, I'll cover anything. You know what he did? He did what God told him to do. He used the compassion that God had put in his heart and life to do what God asked him to do in his life. He walks away blessed. Yet, no, wait a minute. You don't understand. The other people walked away and they didn't do anything. But this guy spent money. How could he be blessed? Let me tell you something. God did something in that man's life. God's able to pour into somebody that's willing to do what he said. So sometimes we can find ourselves in that sin. God tells us to do it. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's hard. But we need to do it. Amen. It's, it's easy to look around at other people around us and justify and say, well, their life is worse than mine, so I must be okay to God. God probably looks at me and is pretty happy because look at this person. But no, God is judging us by His Son. He's judging us by His Word. And He's saying, do you live up to that? And He'll help us. We, we can't do You and yourself, me and myself, I don't have the ability to do that. I don't have the ability to live right and to think right and to trust Him every time and to do anything. But when we realize we can trust God tomorrow with every part of our life and we get up in the morning and we say, God, I'm a big old failure. And Lord, if you don't help me, I'm going to fall on my face today. Lord, help me to trust you in every decision. Lord, every time I get tore up, help me to see you. That I know you're there. God, every part of my life, help me to trust you. When you do good, let me lift you up. And we'll see that God will bless our life in every part of our life. How do we do it? In closing tonight, how do we do it? Psalms tells us how their life should be to trust Him. It says in Psalms 37 verse 4, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and He shall give thee the desires of thine heart. You mean you can trust God? To do? You mean God will do things in our life? Oh yeah, you can. But what is it? Commit yourself to Him. You know what commit? It means it's kind of going beyond the tipping point. It's like you have now put your whole weight on Him and now, God, I can't do anything for myself. I'm trusting in you. Trust in Him, it says, He shall bring it to pass. And then it goes on in verse uh, 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 6 and says, And He shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light and thy judgment as the noonday. God wants to bless your life. God wants to let people see Him through your life. And it always comes down to the ones that trust in the Lord. We can trust God with our future. And, and God, we all know, and I think that we, everyone in here tonight has been worshiping God for what He's done. But let me tell you something. Whatever you're facing, I don't know what it is. I don't know what decisions you're making. I don't know what plans you're making for the future. I don't know what's going on in your life. But whatever you do, start it by putting Him first. Trust God. God, You see my ways. You see my heart. And God, what I'm doing, Lord... I want it to please you because God has, and I'm closing with this, God has a plan for your life and that plan involves His will to be done. His plan involves His blessing to be flowing through your life. And if we trust Him and let Him have His way in our life, He can bless us. But so many times we pull ourselves away from Him and say, no, I don't trust you. I don't trust you. I, I, you know what we do? We trust ourselves until we get in trouble and then we try to say, well, God, now bail me out. 
And we could have been in good shape the whole time. We could have avoided all that. So many scars in my life is because I didn't trust him to help me make my decision. And so then we have to come back and finally come crawling on our knees and saying, God, I am a wreck. Can you please put me back together again? And God was like, I've been there the whole time waiting. What took you so long? So we can trust God with our future. Whatever that test result is, you can trust him. Whatever your job situation is, you can trust him. Whatever's going on with your children or any part of your life, you can trust him. And the enemy's going to come first, number one, to you and say, no, you can't. No, you can't. You better take care of this. No, trust God. And if we need to do anything else, you just, re you just refresh the enemy and let him know. Say, no, let me tell you something. I remember some testimonies we've heard lately. We've heard some testimony. Yeah, we can trust God. I remember when this looked pretty bleak. And we can trust God. And every one of us in here tonight could really, if we did it, testify of times in our life that we didn't think there was a hope. And God come through. Especially in our spiritual conditions. There was no hope. And yet God reached down at each one of us and pulled us out of the miry clay. And there was no hope. But God's a good God, isn't he? Can we trust him with our future? Can we trust Him with our tomorrow? Can we trust Him with our finances? Can we trust Him with our plans? Can we trust Him with our health? Can we trust Him with our whole life? With our children? Oh, with all these things we're praying? Because if you don't believe it, when you pray, you're getting nothing out of it. But when you say, God, that's too hard for me. I don't know how you do it, but God, I don't have to know you can. You do it. Amen. Hallelujah. Tonight, as we dismiss, before we pray over these prayer cloths, I want us to stand and let's end the service thanking God that the end result is we can trust Him with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Heavenly Father, we thank You, Lord. God, we come before You humble, Lord, knowing that we have no power within ourselves. God, I can't do nothing. God, I have no ability within myself. God, help every decision we make, Lord, we lean on You. And God, that Lord, we would trust in You. And God, we thank You that Lord, You have every detail of our life in Your hands. And the good things that we have is Yours. And God, everything that we have in the future that's good is Yours. And God, You're looking for people to trust You and so You can bless their lives. God, let this be a church that trusts You to do the impossible. Because You've already proved so many times You're doing the impossible. And God, we're thanking you for, Lord, all the things you're doing even as we pray and praise you tonight. God, you're a God that can be trusted now and forever. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Our souls are in your hands. Our lives are in your hands. Oh, Lord, our church, our families, our nation is in your hands, God. And Lord, we don't want to take it from your hands. We want to trust you with all of our might and soul and strength. We want to see the glory of God. We want to see Jubilee. We want to see your presence, glory and power, Lord, stronger than ever before. God, we thank you for that. Thank you for that. Almighty God, we thank you for that.